Happy New Year, and welcome to Fresh Pressed for January 7th, 2020. A new decade has dawned, Andrew, and we're still here making podcasts. Yes, we've survived one decade full of making podcasts, and we've moved on to the next decade full of making podcasts. So we can definitely say that we've now made podcasts in two different decades. Sure. The when teens and the twenties. When do you have the opportunity to say that? Only every ten years, as it turns out. <laughs> if you haven't been listening to Fresh Press, by the way, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew, and this is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and old grooves, this decade's tunes and last decade's grooves. Except. Also, yeah. Both of our old grooves are from before. Yep. Last decade. Yeah. But we'll get there. Typically how we do this on this show is we start off with a theme. It's a new decade, and apparently everyone who's listening to this show has never listened to an episode before. I'm hoping that we're going to get a lot of new listeners this decade, Andrew, so I really want to start it off on the right foot. You're hoping that someone's New Year's resolution is listen to more podcasts by two white males who are friends just talking shit for half an hour? I mean... I mean, that's my New Year's resolution. Anyway, our theme for the week is fancy clothes. In honor. Fancy clothes? In honor. Wait, in honor. Well, I mean, in honor is not part of the theme. I was about to say something else that uh, it's in honor of the clearly best song of the 2010s, Andrew, which is Suit and Tie. I was going to say I couldn't remember anything about fancy clothes in old town road but i gotta be honest i don't know all the words to that song what about the iggy azalea song fancy is that about clothes i don't think so i think that's about cultural appropriation (laughs) and how great it is okay good (laughs) yeah iggy azalea sucks um i normally i come up with some sort of monologue for our theme but honestly guys it's clothes but there's good music about it. Um, I feel like there's so much you could you could have a, so much information to share with us about. So clothes. clothes first came into being. Mm-hmm. Gabe, go ahead. Uh, Three hundred thousand years ago. Exactly. When... I'm just making this up. You know, but at some point, humans didn't wear clothes. But actually, I don't know. Maybe they weren't humans yet, or they probably weren't considered Homo sapiens. And there are other species of animals that wear clothes. You know, like uh, Neanderthals had clothing. Dogs. Dogs, dogs wear clothes. Dogs wear clothes. That's true. Little booties tip-tapping through the road in the cold Philadelphia winter. Uh-huh. That's about it, though. Just just people, Neanderthals, and dogs. Yeah, I can't think of any other animals anyway, so. Cat dog. No, cat dog's naked. Cat dog's definitely naked. Most animated animals are naked. Is that true? Well, I mean, the grand exception is probably Bojack Horseman. There are plenty of animated animals that are clothed, though, and to some extent. I would like someone to tell us to do a full accounting of all of the animated animals, and I think they should only count anthropomorphized animals. Or should it? Maybe it should count. No, it should only count anthropomorphized animals. Okay, so what about like these new renditions of The Jungle Book or Lion King? Do those well, qualifies? those are live action, Gabe. Obviously, 
Disney says they're live action, even though they're entirely computer generated. So they're live action. Well, so what is the line between animated and computer generated? Uh, none. They're, they they're the same thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, no, they're not the same thing. Animated includes computer generated, because you can do animation without computers. Sure, because you can have hand draw animation. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. Anyway, moving on. Maybe we'll talk about some music now, as opposed to... (laughs) This theme is animation this week. Um, Andrew. Yes. Did you encounter a song that tickled your fancy? Uh, Yikes. That's (laughs) what you were preparing instead of a monologue about clothing? (laughs) Hey, look, I got to try something. Um, I did. I found a lot of stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I found was old because back in olden times, people didn't have phones to sing about. So they were just like singing about cufflinks and stuff. Sorry. Are there lots of songs about phones that you can point me to? Should that be a theme? Um, well, to mention it for the third time on this podcast, Limitless by Sedan Archives is about like the internet and stuff. Definitely not about phones, though. Also, there were... well phones the year that the song that you chose came out i think um yeah i i'm unfortunately not doing a pre-alexander graham bell song that would be an actual old song yeah um but this song's still pretty old this song is uh from 1967 and um it is entitled sunday best by bobby gentry you are my love so Gabe, are you familiar with Bobby Gentry? No. I had no idea who she was. Uh, I didn't know what era this song came from until I looked it up. Never heard of her. Did you, I mean, did you figure it out from listening to it? What era it came from? Actually, uh, one of the notes I took down when I listened to the song is that it sounds like it was recorded and released actually even earlier than 1967. It sounds like a song from the 50s to me. Hmm. Like pre the Beatles. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the Beatles. Um, Bobby Gentry's debut album, Ode to Billy Joe, which, uh, on which this song appears, uh, did displace Sgt. Pepper off the top spot of the charts when it came out. Wow. Yeah. They are radically different albums. Yes. Well, I think Sgt. Pepper was there for a while. That's probably true. It was the Old Town Road of 1967, as they say. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so Bobby Gentry is a uh, sort of country singer-songwriter. She's from the South. She sings a lot of songs about the South, um, sort of narrative kind of songs. Um, she's a pretty early uh, female artist to be writing and producing and like self-publishing all of her own stuff. And she's she's pretty cool. She's most famous for the title track of this album, Ode to Billy Joe. Um, that song is like about, uh, just listen to it. I would say just listen to it. Don't let me tell you what it's about. 
Ooh, surprise. No spoilers in this podcast. It's about, it's not, here's what I'll tell you it's not about. It's not about Billy Joe Armstrong because he wasn't born yet. Yeah, how old is Billy Joe Armstrong? He must have been born sometime in the 70s. I feel like he was born in the 80s. Let's look it up. Billy Joe Armstrong net worth. No, because Dookie came up, came out in like No, you're right. 72. Wow. So it was almost about Billy Joe Armstrong. Yes. If it had been released five years later, it would have been about Billy Joe Armstrong. But instead, it's about Billy Joe McAllister. And that's all I'll say about that. Anyway, the song I'm talking about is called Sunday Best, which is a very charming song. I would say that this album, Ode to Billy Joe, is like half songs like this, where it's kind of sweet and summery, and then half a little more like bluesy, rocky kind of stuff. Like it opens with Mississippi Delta, the album, and it's like... And that came on real strong. <laughs> and then it sort of alternates between this sort of Sunday best kind of vibe um, and uh, like a song called Nicky Hokey, which whatever the fuck that means, um, which is mostly nonsense. But I think it's about sex, maybe? There's a song about bugs on this album. Anyway, great album. Listen to it. But I'm talking about Sunday best. This is just sort of a very simple, um, straightforward love song about only you know her sunday best for you meaning her clothes like her yellow parasol and also her love But yeah, what I, something that I really like about the production and the the arranging on this is how ridiculously, almost comically stereo it is. Like, if you're not listening to this podcast and this song on headphones, you should do that. I guess if you're in your car and it's stereo, that's fine too. But like, the vocals are entirely on the right side. And then like, half of the instruments are entirely on the left side. Um, and it's kind of wild to do that um but it it's it sounds great i have a question for you andrew do you know when stereo became the standard for music because even some of the no. early beatles stuff is recorded and uh produced in mono i have no idea it'd be an interesting question because i think that. this is still fairly novel as a way of listening to music not everybody had a stereo system in the way not in like as in like a boom box or like a radio in your car but in like literally that there's a left side and a right side and they come together and you can pan tracks back and forth that's still relatively new i think at this point maybe we should say something like uh, her voice is amazing Oh, yeah. Her voice is incredible. Husky and deep and, and really kind of gorgeous. Yeah. Something I really like about her style of singing that's, I think, evident in this song is how easy every line feels. Like, there is no line where I feel like there are, are too many words or too few words. So, in the very first two lines, the lines are, when I'm walking hand in hand with you, uh, I've got my yellow parasol, rivets colored blue. And that's when I'm walking hand in hand, taking up the same amount of spaces as I've got my yellow parasol. Those are about the same length. And then with you, taking up the same spaces, rivets colored blue. 
but it just feels so free and easy. Like that was the right way to do it both times. And that's just something that I, I really noticed listening to her whole album. There's no part of that where I'm like, ah, oh, that was a little cramped or that was a little, she really stretched that out. Everything feels like just free and easy. When I'm walking hand in hand with you, I've got my yellow parasol, ribbons colored blue, shiny patent leather shoes, brand new. Um, one last thing that I want to mention about Bobby Gentry is there's there's a good number of fun facts about her, but I think the funnest of facts is that, um, you know, when she was when she was performing, she's still alive, by the way, but she's not performing anymore. I don't think she's really performed since like the 80s or 90s. Um, but, you know, she was often asked, like, what was the first song you ever wrote? And the first song she ever wrote was uh, when she was seven years old. And it was a beautiful song um, that you can find on the Internet that I'll probably put in here or like at least link to in the show notes um, entitled. My dog Sergeant is a good dog. Sergeant, 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 Sergeant. My dog Sergeant is a good dog. Sergeant, 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 Sergeant. My dog Sergeant is a good dog. Sergeant, 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 Sergeant. Sergeant, 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 Sergeant. My dog Sergeant is a good dog. The culture never changes. It just goes. The culture never changes. Dogs never changes. Dog, dog never changes. Good. English grammar. Beautiful. Gabe, what uh, is your fancy, 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 fancy song this week? I have brought the song Red Dress from TV on the radio's fourth record, Dear Science. Now, is that Dear Science? No, actually, Andrew, it's Dear, D-E-A-R, as in uh, the note that musician in the band Dave Sitek wrote that said, Dear Science, please start solving problems and curing diseases or shut the fuck up, which is where the album title comes from. Thank you for that beautiful segue, Andrew. You're welcome. Hey, Jack. So I want to start with a fun fact about the record, Dear Science. So it came out in 2008, yeah, did you right? you know it was, it was named after a letter that Dave Tech wrote? No, I learned about that on Wikipedia this morning. Hmm. But another fun fact that I learned is that this album was released in September of 2008, but it was leaked onto the internet because they put it up on their streaming page on MySpace. Whoa! Welcome to 2020, folks. Remember how long ago MySpace was? It's really before our time, Andrew. We were not part of the MySpace generation. Did you have a MySpace? I never had a MySpace. Did you? No. Yeah, of course not. 
Um, what does that mean? It's really not your aesthetic. Wow. <laughs> yeah, neither of us have Facebooks either, right? So there I mean, you go. We did at some point. Yeah, but we don't anymore. Doesn't that tell you something? Not really. No. Okay, fine. Anyway, um, TV on the radio is, uh, it must be like the 10th band I've brought who are from Brooklyn. I I guess I just like music from Brooklyn. Um, but they're from Brooklyn. Um, they started as a band in 2001. They've released, I think, like six studio records. Um, they are led by frontman Tunde Adabimpe, who's kind of one of the main creative forces. Um, but the whole band is, like, they're a real band. Like, everybody's contributing. Um, like, this song, Red Dress, was written by Kit Malone and Dave Sitek, right? Two other members of the band, uh, guitarist and drummer. And um, sadly, their bassist passed away in 2011 from lung cancer. That's Jared Smith, Gerard Smith. Um, so this song feels newly relevant. Um, it is about, broadly about many things, but in especially George W. Bush and the wars in the Middle East that he started, um, which, as of the recording of this podcast, um, there has been an attack that the United States ordered on a new country in the Middle East. So uh, history loves to repeat itself if uh, your leaders are dumb as fuck. Um, So, Andrew, did you listen to TV on the radio kind of in this era? They released Return to Cookie Mountain and then Dear Science. Um, They were a pretty big deal. This song got a lot of critical acclaim. Or, sorry, this album got a lot of critical acclaim when it came out. Um, I never really listened to them. Um, They're a little too gaby for me. Uh, Lots of percussion, um, sing, sung, spoken vocals. Yeah, I guess maybe this Mm -hmm. fits into... uh, Oof. Doing this podcast has really put a a marker on my style preferences that makes me yeah. a little bit uncomfortable. Um <laughs> not that it's bad music. This is great. I think this is a great record and a great song. Um another song of this record, Dancing Choose, you know, was performed on a bunch of the late night shows um in two thousand eight. Yeah. There's a lot going on in the song beyond the elaborate drums and the congas. And the horns, um, the lyrics are uh, fairly poignant, and there's lots of symbolic references that I don't fully understand. Um, although I try to figure out the best I could. It's a lot um, of biblical references. A lot of biblical references. So the chorus for our listeners: Go ahead, put your red dress on. Days of white robes have come and gone. Come and gone. O you rivers, O you waters, run. Come bear witness to the whore of Babylon. That in and of itself, the Whore of Babylon, I gather, is a reference to the Book of Revelations and related to the Antichrist and the coming of war and death and all that jazz. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's tied to the symbolism of the red dress, I guess. Um, But this also sounds like a reference to the KKK. Um, Oh, definitely. Right? Days of white robes have come and gone. But almost like, okay, there's no need to hide anymore. Um you can wear these, there's no need to hide for these racist, bigoted people. You can come out and flaunt this 
because we have a public that is pliable and has forgotten or whatever. Maybe not forgotten, but encourages. Right, and the whole second verse um, is tied around the idea of slavery and being black in America. The other uh, lyrical note I wanted to point out is um, in the third verse, uh, there's the lines, and you'll all shake your hips and you'll all dance to this without making a fist, which is, right, so this is a very catchy, moving song, very danceable, but also the writers of the song, TV on the radio, is trying to make a point here, and it feels maybe also like a reference to Hey Ya, an outcast, you know, where... Um, or a similar, if not a reference, at least a similar sentiment. Sure, right, right. Like, oh, there's this catchy song, but I'm also saying important things. But you're not going to listen because it's a catchy song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the lyrical content of the song is pretty is pretty dense in terms of meaning. And like we said, biblical references, there's your plowshare as a sword. Like, I feel like if you're just trying to dance, you're not going to be like, oh, yes, of course, swords to plowshares. I'm familiar with that. Right. It's a trap that must explain Still medicine snapshots of all your sweet pain Play torturous games, it goes length like fame Read my names on your lips when the man cracks the whip And you all shake your hips and you all dance to this Without making a fist and I know that it sounds mundane um, Another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the saxophone player on this song is yeah. Colin Stetson, who Colin Stetson has done first of all great saxophone lines in the song, but he has done some solo work, and then he's worked with so many indie artists. It's ridiculous. Okay, so I'm just gonna read from his Wikipedia page some of the artists he's worked with: Tom Waits, Arcade Fire, TV on the Radio, Feist, Bon Iver, Laurie Anderson, Lou Reed, Sinead O'Connor, The National, Bad Bad Not Good, Animal Collective, LCD Sound System, David Byrne. Chemical Brothers, damn David Gilmore, like etc. etc. Like he's worked with everybody. Um, I've seen him perform live with Bon Iver. Um, he has experimental uh, records called the New History of Warfare Volume uh, Volumes One through Three, uh, and so he's like in this broad circle of, I guess, indie saxophone. Um, but he's pretty cool, <laughs> and I recommend checking him out. He plays. Uh, like all the saxophones, but particularly the low ones. So I've seen him play the Barry saxophone, but he also plays a bass saxophone, which is Damn. so big that you can't hold it. You have to wheel it around. Go ahead, put your red New tunes. New, new tunes. tunes. It's time for two new, new tunes. New tunes. New, 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 new tunes. Andrew, what song from the end of 2019 or beginning of 2020 did you bring for fresh-pressed new tunes? Um, I went with the former because this week was something of a barren wasteland for new music. I, I didn't, yeah... 
was there an album that came out that I was interested in, or that was uh, was there an album that came out this week? Unclear. Certainly, there was nothing that I knew about ahead of time. There was the new um, Justin Bieber song. Andrew. Well, Gabe, you're spoiling my pick. Oh shit. Anyway, the song that I did bring is a song entitled Restless Song by Shadow Community. So, this required some digging, both to find in the first place and also to figure out who this is and what's going on. So, Shadow Community is a side project of the Korean artist who is most primarily known as Midair Thief, which is a great fucking name, right? So good. But maybe you just like people who have band names with Thief in them, Andrew. That's true. That's definitely true. Big Thief, Midair Thief. Are there any other Thief bands? Hail to the Thief, good Radiohead album, but not my favorite. There's some Thieves-related bands, but Thieves is... Well, that's, we're talking about Thief. The book Thief, never read it. So, um, anyway, Midair Thief, um, also known, previously known as Public Morality or Public Ethics. It's, I mean, it's, tra- it's in translation, obviously. Apparently, the characters that mean public and midair are the same so it's the same thing he's very well known especially in south korea but it was hard for me to find information about him the other reason it's hard for me to find information about him is because he's not very public about his information he doesn't have like a social media presence at all um according to this paste article about this song so as of you know like a week ago when the song came out uh he has never performed live um so i found um this song just through like hunting through a bunch of new releases and it's fucking great so it's it's him this guy mr thief as some people call him like this paste article to call him um and a vocalist of some sort who's who is not named um and they compose shadow community i did look at the song credits on spotify and it mentioned someone named Green Blue, one word, all lowercase, who I also found on Spotify, who also released a song on December 30th of 2019. Um, but it's in English, so I'm confused because, I mean, I guess I don't know anything about Korean, so I have no idea if she sounds like she's a native Korean speaker, but she certainly sounds like a native English speaker. And this dude lives in South Korea. It's kind of unclear to me what, if it's the same person or what their voices sound the same to me, but there's no, nothing connecting them. And I can find zero information about green blue. This is so cool to me. Uh, it's so, it's just like, there's just like this, these two people, right. That are just like putting these songs out there with no pub PR and no hype under a completely different band name there's like two songs on this page you're like there's no information anywhere about anybody and it's really <laughs> good it's really yeah. good yeah like i had trouble finding the song to begin with because i was looking at like a list and it said midair thief restless song so i was like okay and i tried to find it and i couldn't find it because it's not listed under midair thief some places it's listed as shadow community but there's nothing that connects 
shadow community to Mid-Earth Thief except for like this paste article and one other thing that I found, which was um, an interview with Mr. Thief um, by a Korean interviewer. And this interview is obviously translated from Korean. One great nugget from this interview is that uh, he used to just like play guitar and like bands in middle school and stuff. Um, he played mainly funk music and covered Weezer's Island in the Sun. Yeah, that sonically doesn't check out at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if the funk music part is a mistranslation because I don't think Weezer's Island in the Sun is a mistranslation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's also such a huge difference from the Korean music that we're normally exposed to, which is K-pop, right? But there's, I gather, like a budding, growing indie community in Korea as well making music. Uh, And some of Mm -hmm. that is now starting to cross over to the United States. I mean, it's so much raw and like, like we think of, K-pop is being so PR dominated, right? It's like these put together by the music industry, like perfection, like getting people from specific niches so that you have this big group um, of singers and dancers. Whereas, right, Midair Thief has one PR photograph and he's wearing a rabbit's head in it. So you can't see his face at all. Yeah. It's like so far on the other end of that spectrum. Um, Gabe, what do you have this week? What thrilling new tune did you discover? Did I discover? I was trying to make it rhyme, and I don't know why I was trying to do that. I brought Post Everything from Illuminati Hotties, um, which is a standalone single that you can get on Bandcamp for free how cool yay that everything is ending quick on shaving cans while they have kids and everyone is coming clean to shave themselves post everything She released, as Illuminati Hotties, one of my favorite records of 2018, um, which is Kiss Your Frenemies. That's your spelled Y-R. I think everyone figured that out when they found out that the band name was Illuminati Hotties. How do you feel about that band name, Andrew? I think it's great, and I think it makes perfect sense that every time she writes the word your, she's writing Y-R. I feel like immediately... No, I didn't know Illuminati hotties already, but upon learning 
the name of the band and the use of your i completely understand their vibe now yeah so she describes her music as tender punk mm-hmm. yep that completely aligns with my understanding of her vibe which is awesome um so she this is like uh, a beautiful acoustic piece with two acoustic guitars i think both of them are played by her right but that's not normally what her music sounds like i think um it's more a little more punk oriented but then you yeah tender punk tender punk it's a great vibe crisp chrome you seem so calm This song, again, feels particularly relevant right now um, with all of Australia on fire and the United States trying to start another war in the Middle East um, and World War Three memes going around on Twitter. Yeah, the three horsemen of the apocalypse, fire, war, and memes. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, more worried about sort of a more mundane end of the world that she's describing and it's beautifully sung and beautifully written and uh, great guitars um, I love the melody to kind of the chorus section of the song um, which is simple and uh, really beautiful and she also overlays herself uh it sounds like there are three vocal lines going, harmonizing with herself, um, which is beautiful. It's very minimalist production on the on one hand, but it's also right, lots of like multi-tracking and her playing the same guitar over itself and her same voice over itself. Um, I really like the lines. Um, There's a man yelling, God is here on the street, and his megaphone crackles on every E, but he still seems sure to me. The ability to... Uh, surprise you at the end of a line is really the best value of a rhyme I think Um, and I think she really does that with that second line so there's a man yelling God is here on the street okay I know it's going to end with eat or eem or something like that and his megaphone crackles at that point I'm like I don't know what the fuck she's going to say next right how is she ending this line right on every e and it makes perfect sense and I can completely like it helps me imagine this person yelling on the street into a megaphone it's a pretty strong depiction of what it's like to go through specific parts of different cities right? every city has this kind of place you know where you have the guy yelling on on the street corner into a megaphone yeah all three of these little little vignettes the this, like man yelling about god on the street this man getting naked on the roof of the salvation army um and then the dude who's at a public parking lot being like yeah don't worry i'll watch your car just give me 15 bucks and you're like yeah (laughs) there's a man yelling god is here on the street and his megaphone crackles on every e but he still seems sure to me um i didn't see a band perform in the past week but i did go see oh yes this is what we need to talk about jagged little pill 
uh, which is the Alanis Morissette musical that's currently on Broadway. My partner and I went, and it was uh, one of the best musical performances I've ever seen. You Ought to Know came on in the second act, and the performer got a standing ovation in the middle of the act. Like Everybody was on their feet cheering. Um, the storyline is super heavy. Um, lots of really important themes are tackled. Me Too, racism, drug addiction, like the opioid addiction, uh, opioid crisis. And uh, Alanis Morissette's music is like 25 years old now, I guess, almost on this album. Turns out it's still pretty good, though. Turns out still pretty good and still feels <laughs> like fresh um, and relevant. And it was really well contextualized inside this musical where you sometimes get these musicals that are based around existing music that feel kind of shoehorned or, or trapped and things don't blend well, but everything made sense. So if you're in New York and I guess you've got some money to spend, go see the show. It's worth it. And I'm here to remind you that's our show for the week you should follow us on twitter at fresh pressed pod you should check out our spotify playlist which we always leave a link to in the show notes which will contain all the music from this week except for the illuminati hottie song uh, unless she puts it up there right now the only way to get it is off her Bandcamp. Um, but it is free so you should go ahead and download that we have a website at freshpressedpodcast.com if you haven't listened to andrew's new music go check out his band camp under True Partridge. He has two new singles out that came out. Just True Partridge. It's not under True Partridge. I'm not fucking. Wait, fuck. Who is it? Who did Under Milkwood? You don't know. It doesn't matter. No. Was it Dylan what Thomas? Else? Oh, yeah. We'll have another show uh, next week, uh, January 14th. It's Dylan Thomas. Hopefully, you know, sticking with normal shows for at least the next little while if you listen to last week's show all the way through good for you you. we're proud of you thank you so much (laughs) you've been listening to fresh pressed i'm gabe i'm andrew we'll see you next week 